Hi everyone and welcome to the White Oaks podcast. I'm John Broy, Chief Client Officer at White Oaks and today we're asking the question, why PR? And to help me answer it, I've got Vicky Curtis, our Head of Media, and Becky Bushnell, our Head of Business Development. Hello. Hi John. Um, so I think a good place to start on this topic is what's, what's brought us to this question of why PR today? Um, and Becky, I'd really like to kick off with you on that. Yeah, so I suppose the, the inspiration, if you like, for this podcast came from a conversation that I had with a prospect a couple of weeks ago. So I was on a call with two guys from the same marketing team who, interestingly enough, had very different opinions on PR agencies, when to use them and why you would use them. So the marketing manager, one of the people I was speaking to, was a big advocate of using a PR agency. He understood the importance in using an agency for raising brand awareness, particularly putting his focus on the relationships that you get when you work with a PR agency. Whereas his colleague had very different views. His opinion was more that if you had a good story, anyone would take it. So why do you need a PR agency? And that's really what the inspiration behind this podcast was, because I think it it sparks a really interesting discussion about where the value in working with a PR agency is and why and when you would look to onboard an agency and what you can expect from that agency as well. Okay. And so, so how do you feel about that, that point around, you know, if the story's good enough, anyone will take it? What, what, what was your response to that? And, and I guess to our listeners as well, what, how would you answer that? Yeah, so it it was a hard one to answer, actually, because (laughs) I think the truth is that there was some truth in the fact that if you've got a good story, it is obviously easier Mm. to sell into the media. But to counter that, I think quite often what happens is that people think they've got a good story and actually they don't, to Mm. be blunt. I I think that's a really good point, is that Mm -hmm. that perception of what is a good story yeah and I've seen it in my career as I'm sure Vicky yeah. you've sat in yeah. many client meetings where the clients so. told you a story which they think is the most amazing thing that we know isn't going to interest a journalist mm-hmm. it's very interesting inward looking into themselves but um it really doesn't matter and um how do you how can you go around changing a client's perception that the news they have just isn't going to excite an end audience I think the first thing you need to consider is who cares? The so what question of it all. So if you're talking about a new website, for example, that's really interesting for you as a business, but to your customers, to your prospective customers, to whoever it is that you're looking to influence and engage, why should they care? And when you ask that question to a lot of people, they struggle to answer it. Mm. And I think that's, the telltale sign that okay let's don't necessarily have to drop the story but let's re-angle it and dissect what it actually means and then there's usually a story hidden within there and I think John you've got a really good interesting example of a recent case it's probably a a recent example and probably one that I've heard at four or five different occasions in recent years where um, a client may turn around and tell you know they're opening a new office and it's a a very a small office there may not be a huge amount of people there but what you really need to do is I think like you say Becky it's that so what element but it's also kind of 
diving into it a little bit deep mm. with the client. So kind of thinking where they're coming from. For example, if they have a, a new office opening, why? Again, why are they opening that office? Is it because they're a much larger, larger global player that's entering the UK market for the first time? Well, if that's the case, let's focus on some of their global success so we can show that they're not just opening a small office, they've got a very big footprint globally that they're trying to expand into new markets. And what does that mean? Does that mean they're recruiting heavily into a local area? Is there something around their investment in terms of their research and development into a new region? What does the new region in terms of, can they forecast something around their figures for what they expect to see and, and grow over the coming year? So it's all about taking almost the the, the kernel of a story and then seeing what it can, it can grow into it. And, um, it's you know I don't know if you've ever experienced examples like that as well, Vicky. But yeah, definitely. And I think to your point, the the so what, who cares? When it comes to the media, you've got to think about the readers, who's actually reading the publication, and why would the journalist tell their readers about that story? And that's what it all comes down to when a client says to you, "We're opening a new office in wherever." Yeah. Why should the readers of that publication actually care? Because if they don't care, the journalist isn't going to cover it. No, exactly. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think we're, we're kind of covering in terms of the trick into finding mm. what a good story is. I'd love to explore a little bit with you what what makes a good story from your kind of points of view as well. I think it's that human interest element. I think we need to figure out, again, why should people care about this? What impact is this going to have? on them, yeah. their business, their lives in general. I think depending on what types of media you're targeting, that's a question you have to, to ask yourself. Um, and a lot of the time, media often like conflict. They like that, that bad news, I suppose. Um, they want to, I mean, you look in the, the news today, is, there's very few good news stories. So it's, that's the element that I think they're, the wanting and the spin on it, I suppose. Yeah, I think if you then think back to your target audiences, if you think of your audiences, your personas, their key the pain problems. points, their challenges, yeah. and then you can take that and reframe it to focus on the opportunity and help those people to overcome that negative yes. story and that or that or that problem that they're facing. Um, but making sure that you're talking about something in a often future-looking way, um, on a topic that you have the authority to talk about and in a way that you can drive the conversations forward without adding to white noise. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Becky. I think you know, I think it's it's really important that you want to make sure you're telling a story that's interesting, but it's got to be interesting with your voice. You can't be going off at a tangent and telling a story that is not relevant to your future business direction. It's, you've always got to have those key messages at the heart of you know what is my brand trying to achieve what what do I want to to do with this story so you always remain in control of it I think that's always really really important the control point is really interesting because I think it adds to a second arm of the argument that I had not had it was an argument <laughs> to, the, to the conversation I had with the prospect is that Okay, on one hand, people think they've got a good story and they don't. The second point of that is a lot of companies are perhaps more aware that they don't have a good story 
and they don't have a pipeline of corporate milestones that they want to communicate. At the same time, you can't rely on the news agenda to feed your campaign um, topics. So then, then comes the second value of a PR agency in crafting those stories mm. and finding a story where, to the untrained eye, there is none. And I like that point as well, because it's thinking about almost your calendar of stories that you want to tell, because you don't want to tell all your stories in one go. And then you have nothing else to tell the media from a news perspective for the rest of the year, because often the silence can be more damaging. So it's about, you know, plotting out what does your business have coming up over the forthcoming financial year. So you're telling your stories at the right time for your business. Coming back to, I guess, to this control point that we kind of, we kind of touched on. Yeah, because let's say in this scenario that the prospect does have a really interesting story and they don't necessarily need a PR agency. What they need to think about afterwards is, okay, I've told the story, I've got 10 pieces of coverage, I've, I've started to build some momentum, now how are you going to harness that and carry that on now that your, your golden egg is, yeah. is out there? Yeah, exactly. And it, and it can't operate in just news alone either, can it? It's, you know, if um, news often is, you know, is very one way in terms of talking, but there's different elements that we want to bring in to answer this YPR question as well to make any campaign work for a client yeah definitely on the other side of that if we think about our other friend in this prospect call the one who spoke about relationships I was thinking to myself on the call gosh if Vicky was here uh, I don't know if we'd ever hang up (laughs) Vicky do you maybe want to go delve into that a bit more yeah so I think people buy from people and having those relationships and building those solid relationships with journalists is really important. But the crux of that is actually understanding the media and what they want. And I think a lot of the time, people feel like they could do our jobs easily, send a story out and see what happens. But it's actually that understanding, that nurturing of a relationship that knowing exactly what they want, knowing exactly when to contact them. And that comes with time and comes with experience. So it's not a case of having a good story, sending it out, seeing where it fits. It's contacting the right journalist at the right time with the right story. It's not just and in the right format. And in the right format. And I think that's a, an excellent point because, you know, at the end of the day, um, we are PR professionals and the reason you make it look easy is because you've been doing it for a very long time and that expectation with PR that oh it's just sending it out just sending it out will get white noise or there'll be nothing back and you know and you see it in various um, groups on social media where it's done badly where people try and contact journalists at the wrong time in the wrong way with the wrong yeah, format exactly. and all those things that are kind of really important to play. There was a really interesting article actually in PR Week um, a couple of months ago which highlighted that PR professionals can actually have a cr- or established a credibility factor and stand out from the crowd by actually showing a genuine interest in media and what they want and the outlets that they're contacting. And I think that is really important. It's this credibility factor that we as PR professionals have by knowing when to contact them with the right material, with the right story. Definitely. And, you know, we, we've seen it firsthand when journalists come into the office to 
to meet the team to kind of for you to lead kind of a, a brief you on how to work better with them and it's great to see kind of that feedback directly it it makes such an impact um why do you think um for the kind of this type of outreach why rely on a on an agency for this and and not use an in-house function what what are your thoughts on this i think one of the core benefits of working with an agency rather than an in-house team is access to a diverse group of people um if you think about our agency as an example our clients have their dedicated account team, they have access to the board, they have access to the practice streams, including the heads off and then everyone else within those teams. So rather than working with a small pool of in-house professionals, you benefit from a much wider resource um, full of experts in those very specialised streams. And I think, to your point earlier, we, we have those relationships with journalists. We are constantly improving our knowledge of what journalists want. We know them. We meet with them regularly. They come in to our offices and meet with us and give us um, an overview of the things they want. So we have that expertise. I think in-house, while I think people do have relationships and some in-house people do have very strong relationships, it is important I think it's about getting a balance isn't it it's being able to add different people to kind of a broader conversation and the more people you have to take part in a conversation then you're in a situation where it's um you get better results because more opinions and the more opinions to add into the mix you know it's sometimes we're very comfortable at saying no to clients or why something won't work and if something won't work how it could work differently and I think just by Having an additional voice into the conversation, it, it can help improve um, ultimately the results. Yeah, so you get that added flexibility. But I also from, think from a risk management perspective, if you've got two in-house PR people and one day they leave, yeah. then that's all your knowledge, all your relationships gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so perhaps the PR agency manages that risk as well to a degree. So we've spoken a bit about relationships already and I think you know um, I hate the Covid word but I think it's something we should cover off Um, it's brought you know a lot of uncertainty in the last couple of years and um, I think if we think back back to our original question of of why PR I think as we kind of come out of the post-Covid world why do you think these media relationships are more important than ever Vicky? I think getting out and meeting people again and having that face time with people and getting our clients in front of those people again is really important. I think Zoom has been great and Teams has been great during the pandemic, but there's nothing like meeting someone face to face and having a conversation with them face to face. You get more out of it than you do over a Teams or Zoom. Um, and as we said before, people buy from people. So if we can get our clients in front of journalists face-to-face, and we had some examples of that the other week um, in one of the teams, they actually went out for, for a lunch with a, um, a client and a journalist. It's great to see that, that coming back. And we know from journalists that we've spoken to that they want to get out and meet people again. So it's, I think it's really important that we, we start doing that again and start engaging with people face-to-face. 
Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I'm glad you raised that people by people point because it really that face to face conversation you'll come up with. You actually get to know that person yeah. a bit rather than over a, a Zoom screen where it's very transactional. Yeah. At the end of the call, there's no small talk really because you are staring at a computer screen I think once you get around and whether that is over a coffee or you know if it's later in the day maybe over a beer or a glass of wine that's all part of the relationship building and where ultimately it enables us to get our clients really entrenched with the media even further. I think on the post-covid YPR point as well from a new business perspective there's been a couple of core themes that have really come to the fore that have motivated um, companies to start looking for PR agencies. One of them is around investment. So a lot of the conversations I have now are people saying, now that COVID is you know on the back burner, we are looking for investment and we need to start to connect with the investor community and we and we want PR to play part of that. The second is recruitment. So everybody out there at the moment is struggling with their recruitment. They want to grow. They're struggling to find the people and they're struggling to onboard the right people. Um, and they look to PR as a tool to connect with those audiences so that's certainly a couple of trends that I'm seeing post-covid that it's gone it's broadened out from just PR being a tool to engage with prospective and existing customers to actually now they want to engage prospective employees and prospective investors um, and they need brand awareness to be able to do that. I I think that's a great point Becky you know recently we've seen a few clients where they've talked about their role of PR in the brand awareness. And I think that we had another client as well that directly spoke about how they wanted their recruitment strategy, not to be led by PR, but PR had a really strong role to be playing in that, as well as what the business was doing about it. And also from an internal kind of employee point of view, as well as targeting new employees. So it's definitely something we're seeing more and more of and I think that will continue as you kind of say in terms of this as we've gone through this kind of period of the great resignation talent is really important and businesses I do think are seeing how can we use PR to kind of take this forward so I think that's a great point to the YPR question yeah because people ultimately want to be positioned as a destination employer and when people first of all PR helps to get the job ads in front of the right people but second of all once someone's interested and they google that brand what they want to see is a lot of positive things and positive exactly. stories about that brand just to encourage their application um i just had kind of one final question for you vicky and i think kind of we've we talked about the journey of media relations and i know becky you've worked in media relations in the past so you might have some take on this from a new business perspective as well but kind of in terms of um what do you think the role of media relations looks like in the digital world? So, as I said, obviously, getting to know media and understanding them is is really important. Um, and as I said, I'm a massive advocate of face-to-face meetings, but I think building a digital relationship with them is really important. And journalists are tuned into social media more than ever before. There was a recent um, global report from Muckrack on the state of journalism, which came out last month I think it was and they're saying that 70% of journalists say that Twitter is the most valuable social network um, and 60% of journalists consult a company's social media in their reporting so I think in terms of PR people we need to be ensuring that we are keeping our own 
Twitter, LinkedIn, social media feeds up to date. We're engaging with journalists via social media. Um, our clients are keeping their social feeds up to date as well and making sure that they are posting their news via social because, as it says in that report, journalists consult a company's social media feed in their reporting. So I think it's really important that we are continuing to engage, like, comment on journalist feeds and keeping our own up to date too. Definitely, definitely. There's also Substack. Yes. I my favourite word at the moment. <laughs> so, it's in its infancy in the UK, and for, for those that don't really know about Substack, it's a... It basically allows you to find content that you're interested in from a number of, on a number of different topics, basically. Um, and it's individuals that write that content. It could be about anything. Um, and I think we're seeing in the UK a lot of journalists starting to use Substack to post their own content that isn't being published in the usual channels that they use to to write about so or write on so I think it's something that's really interesting and something that we probably need to monitor as a PR agency and as a PR industry in the UK um, do you think we might see some up-and-coming journalists using it as a platform kind of to get their own voice and then we might it's a good place to be targeting yeah. those sorts of journalists that Definitely. could one day then go on to be writing for business national media yeah. and it's about building those relationships in the now isn't exactly. it exactly and I think as well I mean we've seen examples in the consumer media of people's substack articles actually being syndicated in lifestyle publications so if you're able to start to build those relationships like you say now who knows what could happen in the future excellent okay well i think we've covered quite a lot today guys i've really enjoyed the conversation i know we've taken it down some different avenues but thank you so much to becky and vicky for um, a really enjoyable conversation today i think i've learned a few things as well along the way um thank you all for listening um and do keep an eye out for what's coming next either on our website whiteoaks.co.uk or via our social channels thank you very much <laughs>